0: of people who are committed to acts of kindness touching one soul at a time so again i want to thank the we dare squad for taking the time to uh, support this broadcast support what we're doing in this social media space so tonight we are talking about decolonizing our faith decolonizing our faith is the topic on tonight and I want to give a short introduction to Corey and then Corey, we're going to jump right into the conversation. Corey Leak is a husband, a father, a writer, and a speaker. He has devoted his life to contending for a better world by facilitating important social conversations on issues like race, religion, sexuality, and social violence. Corey hosts a podcast called Existential, and also he hosts Existential Sundays on Facebook, on his Facebook page. Corey is committed to the work of anti-racism education. So I want to say welcome tonight, uh, Corey. I came to find out about your um, your broadcast, and I came to find out about who you are through a couple of different circles. That we sort of uh, intersect with, and so okay. I, I remember that I saw one of your broadcasts. I think it was through Stephen Matlock, and uh-huh. and through him, I started, you know, following your page and reading your posts and recognizing um, a kindred voice in the call for. Racial reckoning, because I'm not even going to say racial reconciliation. We're not even there yet. <laughs> so I, I heard a kindred voice in the call for racial reckoning in this country. And then I started tuning into your Existential Sundays. And I will just personally say, you know, I have really been encouraged, I've been um, fortified, I have been wow. strengthened by the conversations that you are having that I believe is necessary for us to have um, in this day and this time. So that's why I want to bring you on and talk about what is this, what is this thing about, I call it decolonizing your faith. Some people call it de- deconstructing your faith, but um, I want to just jump into the first question. Right? Many people are finding themselves in a crisis of faith and culture. So I wanted you to kind of tell me or tell us a little bit about your personal journey. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for me. Having- I really appreciate the opportunity to sit down and have
1: this conversation with you. Sorry in about the technical difficulties. I don't know what's going on, but I'm glad, glad we're on now. Um and I did in in the middle of all the technical difficulties hear you singing and it was like, My God. as I got back from Israel and you know started doing some reading and educating myself you start to like kind of realize um, how much disembodied faith practice affects people of color in the United States mm-hmm. because we are in a position where if we raise our voice about issues of race, of discrimination, of racism, of police brutality as Christians it's like oh, you're not supposed to be concerned about that because of our faith is in heaven our our home is in heaven this is not about earth at all mm-hmm. so I, I just kind of started seeing the more i understood the history of the bible the the, the writers of the bible mm-hmm. the culture which you came out of and how much they were concerned yeah with the soil with the flesh the yeah. human beings with the the way they arrange their society with 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 power and death and life and birth and all these things they were concerned with, I started to see this real like disconnect. I'm like, um, how come we don't really ever? And, and and I worked in you know predominantly white churches. I'm like, how come we don't ever really <laughs> talk about the real the stuff that's like here? You know, why are we always why is it like the, in the middle of um, all this racial turmoil mm-hmm. and a president? who is evil, wicked, you know? Like, mm-hmm. how is it that we are doing these theories about things that don't have anything to do with what our real lives are? And so I just found myself being very disenfranchised, very frustrated with, with the way church was, was, was happening and, you know, wound up in the wilderness, I guess, you know, kind of in this space I'm in mean, now where I'm just every day um, searching and, and, and looking for... Um, the voice of of God in the midst of what's happening in the world in real time.
0: You said some important things there. And I think for me in terms of my faith journey and where things really started to click for me, especially with the Western church and religion was when I started studying the great awakening, you know, that everybody kind of makes to be, I guess, the end all be all, like we've got to get back to the great awakening. But when you start digging into it, you realize that the great awakening was really the great putting back to sleep men's consciences because they were were having conversations about whether or not slavery was right or wrong during that time. And a lot of the people that were America's great preachers (laughs) essentially convinced people that They could save the soul of the slave, but they can keep the body enslaved. And so we have a lot of that theology still threading through American Christianity, which is why there is such a disconnect because they keep talking about all that matters is Jesus, right, and you'll get your reward in the great by and by, And so that mindset is still there that it doesn't matter what happens to the enslaved body. It doesn't matter if you're getting beat. It doesn't matter if you're being disenfranchised. It doesn't matter if um, your vote is being stolen from you. It doesn't matter if, you know, your children are being shot in the street because we have Jesus. And so it's a total disconnect From what is happening to our bodies, because it's not happening to yours. If it was happening to yours at the degree of which it was happening to Black America, there wouldn't be an America. And we see, we saw that January sixth. (laughs)
1: What (laughs) we saw then was what? Exactly, you're exactly right. How, um, how white America. way and, and how how violence is then okay it's, it's patriotic
0: yeah
1: pastors yeah. christians are mm-hmm. okay. um pastors
0: i'm losing some of your i'm losing some of your uh volume
1: okay hold hold one second sorry
0: nope you're good Yeah, so it's definitely a disconnect in terms of what you think we deserve and what you're okay with people of faith, people of color who profess Christ, what you're okay with them receiving versus what should be happening. There's There's a serious disconnect there. Uh Uh-oh, I think he went out for a moment. Let me see. Yep. All right, he'll have to come back in. So yeah, we're having a conversation tonight. I want to thank you all for tuning in. We're talking about the deconstructing of faith and decolonizing your faith with uh, Corey Leak. We're in conversation with him. I know he is having some uh, technical issues getting set up on his side, but hopefully uh, we'll be able to bring him back in. Thank you guys for hanging in here. And thank you for tuning in to this very important conversation. So let's see if we can bring him back in. Uh oh, Corey, you might have to come back in, and thank you all for bearing with us. I do know that we are in the middle of storms on <laughs> pretty much either side tonight, so thank you guys for tuning in. Um, and we are lifting up those who are in Texas who are still without power I know some people are getting power back uh, but we have been praying today for uh, those who are in Texas and hoping that they continue to restore power to those who are out my volume is low it's probably low because he came he came out and hopefully he'll be able to come back in. I know it sometimes does that when um, the camera goes out. So Corey, we are we are waiting for you to come. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. All right, so we are back again with Corey and we want to thank you, Corey, for joining me and tuning in, um, those of you who are tuning in for part two we are in conversation with Corey Leak and we're talking about deconstructing our faith. I also did reintroduce you while we were waiting. So um, again, we talked. we started talking about this thing about faith and culture. And many people are using the phrase decolonizing your faith. I know I am personally. What does that mean to you and how have you had to do this?
1: Yeah, I mean, we kind of
0: touched on it. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it's it's it is it's getting back to a sense of our own identities,
1: mm-hmm. um, uh, of our own histories, of our own ancestry. Um, it is it's not ignoring um, contradiction. It's not ignoring um, science. It's 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 really sitting with and wrestling with. Your faith, your ideology, with a really open hand sense of, I live in a in a in a, in a broader community of a nation and a world where there's a bunch of different ideologies, mm-hmm. a bunch of smart, a bunch of educated people, a bunch of people with rich experiences that have something to say about life, about humanity, about God, uh, and I would be a fool to ignore them. And it, it, is, it is, and for us in, in the state, it's casting off this idea that I think some of us have felt in our bones that have any proximity to sort of white evangelicalism that anything black is less than. Say that, that. If, if if it's not like if white folks didn't write the book on the Bible, if if the white if the it's not white, if the scholar's not white heresy or it's bad theology or it's any of these other things. So like where to reach Tone who says who has a whole chapter devoted to God being black in his book uh, God the oppressed. Mm-hmm. So, this, you know, people wouldn't. I mean, you've been downloaded that by this. So, somehow, people got, you know, whatever. And there was a group of people, mostly white, with a couple black folks that were praying. And they would have music on while they were praying. You know, they'd walk and pace and pray whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, some of oh, Fred Hammond, no weapon while they were praying. And one of these white students said, Can we turn the gospel off and turn the worship music back on? Wow. It was this. It was so ingrained in mm-hmm. how we got in like the 90s, 2000s, even up until now, that like if if it's if it's not Euro, Eurocentric, mm-hmm. if it's it as too much full, if it has too much salsa, if it has too much anything that, that isn't just straight guitar and, and sim, I guess a little bit more simplistic, it's like that other, that's novelty. We'll do that sometimes we're not going to get a heavy dose of that. Mm -hmm. And I think deep our faith is to say, we are not, we are no longer going to practice our faith, our spirituality in a way that is beholden to white supremacy Mm -hmm. for us in the United States. And that's not, that's, that white folks can participate in that also. Right. In fact, the urge of white folks to come out of that. Out and zoom out and look at what you've been experiencing at God and ask yourself: mm-hmm. Is the God that you are following and worshiping the actual, Jew, like, uh, uh, Jewish deity, that the deity who who, who introduced himself to Jewish people, mm-hmm. through oppressed, marginalized, formerly enslaved people, mm-hmm. or it of uh, Rome,
0: who's a conqueror and has? From the oppressed mm-hmm. and the bone and but is does not live among them and does certainly does not like participate in, in their food and their culture. Right. So to decouple, sort of
1: back away from. Um, what is? How does my faith? My spirituality make an impact in the world that I live, in? Mm-hmm. and again in the United States right now. If you the as hot and as you earlier the rape reckoning. Not even representation. It's the issue that black, more and more black folks in the United States and white folks, for that matter, are becoming awakened to the notion that our whole system was built to oppress. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. And that okay. And asking of what? Does, how does my spirituality help to deconstruct?
0: that way of being. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Corey, you have said a mouthful, and I'm going to tell you, as a fellow singer, someone who has been in music spaces, someone who has done praise and worship leading, someone who has spent some years connected to circles like IHOP, okay, very eurocentric centered that in the words of i believe dr claude anderson he said a lot of times people think white ice is colder <laughs> so you can I, I mean and i'm just i can only speak from my experience in terms of this but i've been in spaces cory where because my voice did not sound Eurocentric enough, I couldn't lead songs. Because I wouldn't switch up my soul, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't switch the sound that was coming out of my vocal cords to make it sound like Carrie Job. I'm not Carrie Job. So when you talk about When you talk about that decolonizing your faith, it's talking about the, for me, it's talking also about the ways in which we allow people to strip us of our God-given ethnos as if there's something evil about my ethnos. It's, it's the notion that because you're black, something's wrong with you. And so let us make you white as snow through our processes of Europeanizing you. And so it, it takes on a whole nother layer. It takes on a whole nother layer. Because you're saying the only way I can be pure is if I do Christ the way you do Christ culturally. And yes. that's what's happened to a lot of people.
1: Yes, yes, that is, that is. I mean, I, I've, I've had friends and friends and I've had this conversation that like when you're a part of like when you're sort of immersed in a white evangelical culture, you begin to feel like blackness is less fair. Yourself, you internalize that. You mm-hmm. internalize that, you know, even when you start to think about church scandal, mm-hmm. you start to think, well, white folks don't have and, 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 and the money issues, they don't have cheating, it, When, like, when you start to zoom out of that, you the to decolonize, them. wait a minute, they do, they have the same stuff going on with you. It's not, it's, it's, it's it is, the, it is that they have been the conqueror. You talk about singing. You talk about your voice. I have heard white worship leaders Tasha Cobb songs, and no one asked those white worship leaders to tone down them trying to have soul. Like that—that's totally. (laughs) And you—you try to be Tasha, you know, like and that and that and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But for you, you got to tone down what you actually. Do naturally, what your vocal cords, vocal cords naturally do, and I, and I gotta confess, I think I've said this before. Uh, well, my, I participated in that, so mm-hmm. whenever I'm talking about this, mm-hmm. and whenever I'm talking about white event uh, church, I'm always careful to say to tether myself to the fact that I participated. Right, I was just as guilty. I had it. We had it. We had a made, um. Uh, literally african-american woman at a church i was working at who would lead worship she's from africa and she um uh, i mean they loved her the asked uh, asked us to no longer have her lead because she was too african
2: mm-hmm.
1: too african and I mean, it, again, it's uh, and I, I, mean, along those lines, I was sit, I was sitting in Israel at a church, and someone sitting next to me who was part of the church the trip with us, we were listening to their music, and it was amazing because they had like a, they had the words on the screen in three different languages, mm-hmm. as well as like headphones, sort of people were interpreting for them, and this white woman sitting next to me. Just could not get into the worship at all mm-hmm. because it wasn't what she's accustomed to. And I and I look back right now and I, I how many black and brown and uh, Asian folks sit in the evangelical church and not resonate with me. but no one cares. No one asks. No one. No one like. No one. No one like tries to invite a more. A uh, fully inclusive way of worship to 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 build that community it's just like you you all need to um you basically need to assimilate to, to do things and uh even even amongst a lot of what what almost is actually just assimilation mm-hmm. it's, it is it is a dominant culture thing mm-hmm. we invite all Flags, all these ethnicities, everyone to come be a part of our thing. We're gonna do how to do. how we are gonna teach you to worship how we worship. We're gonna teach you how to read your Bible. We read, read, read our Bible. It's a it's a version of colonization that
2: brought Africans here to be a anyway. Yeah, but I would just.
1: Self, mm-hmm. so that
2: I can feed. Mm-hmm. I will be less of
1: myself mm-hmm. as I endure a
2: spiritual journey, right? And if the Holy Spirit does some changing of of some of my vices, some of right. my, my egos, some of my pride, some of
1: my 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 issues. But my ethnicity, my God given God given connection to 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 African ancestry, I I should not and'm
0: my points. and so yeah one thing that kind of woke me up to this whole na- notion of people actually trying to make me feel as though my ethnicity was wrong <laughs> was when I went to the scripture and the the Holy Spirit said to me so many people are trying to say, that ethnicity doesn't matter. He said, go read Revelation five, go read Revelation seven. He said, God is not color blind. God is color conscious because he created the consciousness of the colors. And he said it this way to me, he said, you don't lose your ethnicity to become saved. Your ethnicity is with you in eternity. So why are people trying to make you cast off what is going to be a glorious expression in eternity of who God is expressed through culture? Why are you over here saying that culture is evil when it says every tribe, every tongue, Every language yeah. in every people group, you don't lose that in eternity. So if I don't lose it in eternity, why are you trying to tell me I have to lose it right now? What is that about?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the disembodiment we're
0: talking about. Mm-hmm. Disembodied faith. Yeah. So but
1: I want to. It's, it's about you know bearing and there.
0: I want to ask you uh, this one, this, this, I'm going to combine it. Cause I know we're running out of time, <laughs> but um, okay. right now, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you long. Cause I can talk. Um, but let me go to my <laughs> next question right now. Black Christians are facing criticism for following the white man's God. I often hear this. I especially hear it from my non-Christian black brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Why are y'all faith? Why are you all following the white man's God while at the same time being accused in white religious circles as putting race before grace and faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. So on Mm -hmm. one end you have, you know, black Twitter coming for you saying, (laughs) saying you're following the white man's God. But on the other side, you have, the white nationalist, nationalist Christian saying, "You're injecting race over or before grace and faith in Christ." What would you say to people who find themselves in the crosshairs of race and religious um, dialogues at the same yeah, time?
1: I say, welcome to a long, rich history of spiritual consciousness. Yeah. That is- people if that's what Dr. King experienced that but um, so many um, Christians like I mentioned Dr. Cone, Dr. James Cone um, you know would experience Dolores Williams who was a brilliant scholar and writer I'm sure has experienced that it is it is a tough place to be if and I, I'll say this it's tough emotionally regardless but it is, it is almost uh, a place can't overcome if you hope to win. Mm-hmm. So much of so much of our so much, but our Western theological framework is based on is winning. Yeah, its coming up on top, being wealthy, being on, top. and when that's your aim, you'll compromise a lot of things. When most people cheat, when. Mm. So if you're, win, that's a, you're, those crosshairs are very. Hard. But if you really understand. God can and does relate to your ethnicity, your ancestry, mm-hmm. and then the the critique, why are, you, why are you guys all falling for the white man's religion is actually valid at a certain level. Mm-hmm. you can going to critique, okay, let me look into my ancestry, the, the, the spirituality mm-hmm. of Africans that I descended from because God was working in and through them also. Right. Like, in amongst those tribes, some of the rituals and practices that, that they had, they weren't, we were looking at a lot of people, not, that's demonizing, you know, oh, that's demonic, or that's, that, that, yada. But The reality, we looked at stuff that happened in the Bible. There's some rituals in the Bible that if we were to use them today, people would be like, what are you doing? That's crazy. But we don't <laughs> look at them. Right? So, like, we at stuff that they were doing and go, oh, my gosh, there was demons, because that's people doing things. Spiritual and formational and important about what they were doing. Let's find out. On the other hand, when you're dealing with white folks who are saying (laughs) that you have elevated race over grace, first off, I'm tired of all the rhyming stuff that people use to try to suppress and oppress people like me. Just because it rhymes, don't mean it's true. Had this conversation today for a future episode of the podcast. It's talking about a moment in I think 1968, the two Olympic athletes put their fist in the air.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I didn't know, anymore, but I learned today they, they, when they got back to well, the United States or Mexico, they did not receive their bronze and gold medal because people here in the state said that they put their race ahead of their country.
0: Wow, I didn't know that. Texas
1: About race too much, not about race, it's not mm-hmm. about color, it's not a yada yada yada, blah, blah 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 And that those arguments to me are not valid. They're not
0: because
1: they're not they're not rooted in a sense of history, and they're not rooted in integrity of honesty, because if you're being honest about what's happening in the United States, what has happened in the United States, every single time someone from the black community, whether that's a reverend like Dr. Martin Luther King, Mm-hmm. A minister like Malcolm X. Right. A, a, a triggering woman like Rosa Parks. Mm hmm. A fit uh, filled uh, missionary like Harriet Tubman. hmm. The country resisted or tries to stamp it because every time black folks emerge to try to take space, White folks will either meet us with violence or religion to keep us in place.
0: Now, you bet you have said something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're going to kill the leader or they're going to present some, 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 some white supremacist form of religion to say, fall back in line. It's not about your ethnicity or your race. It's about all of us getting to heaven. We have bigger fish to fry. What about sex trafficking all over the world? I mean, there's all of these things that will show up to try to suppress the voice of black folks that are saying no. There's a divine spirit animating my thinking, my way of being, my movement that's saying I want to liberate and that free
2: a mm-hmm.
1: I uh-huh. And, and this has been the story of God in human mm-hmm. exodus. Yeah, this this is what has always been about God, the liberators, pointing up to liberate those who need it. And this, also, why the slave owners removed Exodus and any other language of of, of liberation from the Bible the slaves read, right? Because they because they don't. This is the use of religion that mm-hmm. is like filtered and edited by Europeans, so mm-hmm. that black folks never have a. Of the power that exists in God showing up to liberate from oppression. <laughs> That's, so for me, it's like the, the, the argument about y'all talk about race too much, Just like, I, I won't even hear it from white folks. I might entertain it from black folks that I have a certain sense of, like, okay, let me, you're my, you know, we, we are, in terms of our ethnicity, we're brothers, sisters, mm-hmm. this, so like, let, what you're talking about, but. You can very quickly, even in a month, even when the, it's in the mouths of black folks, mm-hmm. sometimes white supremacy, our conversation. Oh yeah. Through black bodies. Mm-hmm. White folks.
0: I call it white supremacy moving through black bodies. That's what I call it. Um, when you talk, when, when I speak to people who tell me you are serving the white man's God, I have to say, first of all. I don't worship Jesus Kenny Loggins Christ. So let's start there. Jesus Kenny Loggins Christ has left the building. I understand that Jesus Kenny Loggins Christ is still hanging in some black churches. He's a part of the stained glass, right? He may even be on grandma's wall in, sandwiched in between Martin Luther King and Barack Obama. I get it. But as an artist, cause I'm a visual artist as well, a lot of what I tackle is deconstructing and dismantling the visual lies. Because we have been yeah. lied to so much visually yeah. that a part yes. of decolonizing your mind is to get your mind's images right.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. And so, so when I tell them I don't serve Jesus Kenny Loggins Christ. I serve Jesus Tariq Christ. Tariq simply means morning star. So if you got a problem with Tariq, you have to take that up with the Holy Spirit because he told me his middle name is Tariq and I looked it up and Tariq is morning star. So I was like, okay, I'm I'm good. I'm good with that. So Wow, the
1: bright and morning star.
0: Right, you know, so, so exactly. And so my thing is, How are you going to tell me that Christ isn't black enough when Jesus was an African savior? So again, it goes back to teaching ourselves the truth because we know we're not going to get it through Western Christianity. So you're going to have to dig. You're just, that's what it is. You're going to have to dig. And then when you understand, like you said, the connection that you already have, don't tell me that Christianity is not an African spirituality when it came from Africa and has an African exactly. savior. Exactly. So we got it. So when, when, we, when we talk about our when we talk about our black brothers and sisters, those things have to be expressed because oftentimes they are not expressed. And I think that's a lot of times where the white man's God peace comes from. And like you said, you removed everything that had to do with liberation from the text that you were giving to our ancestors. But yet through the spirit of God, they were still able to communicate with the eternal God to know that what you were serving them was a lie. They still sought liberation because they understood even when you stripped the slave Bible of 80% of its content, the 20% still had enough power to convince me that this is not how life is supposed to be.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So even though you remove the things about liberation, the spirit can take 20% of the Bible and still tell you that you're supposed to be free. This is not how God intended for you to live. And so, you, yeah, you have a Denmark VC. You have a Nat Turner, right? You have what I call a true accomplice, John Brown. That's my boy, okay? You have people, John Brown even, even prophesying that this nation was going to come to bloodshed because of what they had done with slavery. He prophesied that before they lynched him, that that this nation was going to have a reckoning because of what they were doing, that it was unjust to black people. So when I find myself caught in these crosshairs, my first thing is, do you really know the truth? Right? Do you really know the truth? Do you really understand that someone... Try, that someone stole from you African spirituality to begin with, yes. repurposed it, whitewashed it, claimed it as their own, snatched 80% away from you and then delivered it back to you. Wow. Do you understand that you've actually been stolen from even in that? You stole, you stole my Christ and tried to repurpose him and send him back to me looking like Kenny Loggins. If you're not angry about that, I don't understand why you're not angry. <laughs> I'm just saying. When I find out that you stole, you stole Christ from me, changed his image into a lie, and then presented it back to me and said, here is your God. If that doesn't make you angry, I don't know. I mean, you know. Man,
1: man, wow.
0: So yeah. my last yeah. question, my last question. um, What do you believe black Christians who find themselves in these hostile or suppressive spaces? Because we still have black brothers and sisters who are trying to reason with what I call people who are unreasonable. Uh-huh. You can't, to me, you can't reason with white supremacy.
1: No. It, it, there's no space for it.
0: And when you recognize that you're in a religious space, you're in a Chris, a, I put air quotes around that. It's really Christian identity, which is a whole movement in and of itself. But when you're in when you're in a white Christian nationalist space as a black person, what should you prioritize in this hour? Because I hear my brothers and sisters, I've been listening. Some of them say, hey, I'm trying to win people over in this space. I'm trying to stay in this space with the hopes that I can get through to somebody or even being financially dependent because maybe they serve, you know, on a staff, they're a part of the staff there. But but the but the situation, the space has become hostile because they're getting lots of uh pro 45 doctrine fed to them every Sunday. Some of us are not in those spaces. Some people have left. But what do you tell the black Christians who are still in these spaces, what should they prioritize in this hour? No, I, I can't stress this enough. Uh, yeah, this is probably the most important thing that the
1: I feel I can say to any black Christian. Any Christian period who finds themselves awakening to the realities of white supremacy. I, I, I would I'm gonna borrow two words from the great theologian Jordan Peele. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you need to, you need to get out. Like, if the, yeah. as you said, there's no reasoning with my Now,
1: I will for the people who work on staff. If you're black staff, that's you black mm-hmm. and work staff, you're white. In sense that it ain't for you, I understand that crisis. Because mm-hmm. that. Mouth, Working on exit really should be looking to get out of that,
0: get something else. Like, have to do because it's traumatic. It is. Weighs on you emotionally. Weighs on you physically.
1: Living this, in this duality of a of feeling. I, I, I know. I, I know. Uh, black folks will know what I'm talking. I say, we feel our ancestors' trauma. When, especially whenever we see something racist happening in front of us. Mm-hmm. Whenever we hear a word, whenever we feel like some acting racist towards us, I don't, I, I don't hear about me. I don't just feel my own angst. Mm-hmm. I feel extra. I yeah. feel angst from generations went by. So to me, um, I think that... That you not carry all of trauma all the time and keep being reminded over and
2: over again that you are just a, you don't belong in that spiritual community. Mm-hmm. You're only
1: against there. Only there long as you won't be too outspoken about issues of race. In fact, even during the time of George Floyd and Mott Arbery and Breonna Taylor over the summer, mm-hmm. when we had all of these churches say, enough's enough, we gotta talk about racism now. Mm-hmm. Many of the churches did just enough to 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 check the box. They we talked about it. Yeah. You know, we those of you at our church that are that are still here for whatever reason, those of you in our church that are still here that have been claimed, let's talk about it, we did it. Now we're gonna move on to something. We're not going to address the institution that we are still a part of that's racist. We're not gonna address the bias, of all of our speaking our We're not going to address how much center whiteness and how we program our weekends, our weekend, how much we program out we public. not going to best those things mm-hmm. because all you asked to do was talk about it and we checked that box, that mm-hmm. was good
2: yeah.
1: if you continue to press for more and more continue to press that any of our black sisters but the church is going hey what are you doing to, to try? let our body implicit bias more songs that are like, you know, that I, I would resonate with. The more you keep pushing on that, you become a problem. Mm. You become a, 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 a nuisance and they'll only put up with that for so long. Mm. So you might as well, before they put you out, get out yourself. That's what I would say.
0: And on that note, <laughs> listen, Corey, it has been a pleasure talking with you this evening. Um, we'll have to we'll have to figure out a way to do this a little bit technically better, because I believe that we probably need to have a part two of this conversation. But you're right. The priority should be getting yourself into a healthy space so that you are not re-traumatized over and over and over again. Um, And many of us know what gaslighting is. Uh Gaslighting is when people pretend that what is happening to you is not happening to you. And that is, to me, one of the forms of violence that happens in white Christian spaces that's not often talked about. It's, Uh It's to pretend that we can just have a conversation when as Reverend Tracy Blackman says, my, my, my blackness is the weapon that you fear. I don't get to take blackness off. I don't get to just walk away from the mic. I wear it every day. So it can't be a once a year conversation about an experience that I'm having every day in this body. So thank you, yeah. Corey. Um, I want to thank those of you who thank took you. the time to struggle with us and labor through this uh, through this technology uh, tonight. This was a wonderful conversation. I encourage you to go back and watch part one. Um, this is part two. We have been in conversation tonight with Corey Leak, Um, Corey, please tell us how they can reach you, how they can find you, how they can um, support the work that you do in anti-racism.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm here on Facebook. I think I've got to reach the limit, my personal page, but you can follow my, um, uh, follow or like my, I don't even know how that works, but it's my public page, Corey Evan Leak. Okay. Um, I'm on Instagram, Corey Evan Leak. My podcast is called Existential. You can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. yeah that's that's about it you know that's that's
0: where i'm at well thank you corey i appreciate you so much this has been another episode of daring dialogues and i've been your host tonight shante charles again i want to thank the we dare squad for being our sponsors on tonight remember light is the most daring opposition to darkness so continue to go out and be light take care everyone thank you so much corey thank you shante thank you and god bless All right. I look forward to seeing you all, Lord willing, on tomorrow. We will be back on the Daring Dialogues page, um, and I'm going to try to download these. And hopefully, um, we'll be able to do a little bit of editing around both, both parts. And then we'll also have it up, hopefully, on our YouTube page. Thank you all so much for your time and attention tonight. Take care, and God bless.